0: is though a podcast is about the sober lifestyle style style, style we promise style, motivation style, style, inspiration and transformation style, style, the Sober is though a podcast is about the sober lifestyle style, style style i was able to transform my mind and body and spirit we won't stay you wrong Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sober is Dope podcast with your humble host, Pop Buchanan. I'm very excited to be with you guys on a new day. We are already creating immense momentum in 2020 and we are excited to set the tone for the new year. I want to talk today about social anxiety disorder. And I want to give you guys some insight on this, and I want to get right into it. What is social anxiety? According to the Social Anxiety Institute, social anxiety is the fear of being judged and evaluated negatively by other people, leading to feelings of inadequacy, inferiority, self-consciousness, embarrassment, humiliation, and depression, Following depression and alcoholism, social anxiety is the third most common psychological disorder in the U.S., and about 7% of the population suffers from some form of social anxiety at the present time. In total, 15 million adults suffer from social anxiety disorder in the U.S. People with social anxiety may have symptoms in varying degrees of intensity. But they often experience significant emotional distress in the following situations meeting new people, receiving social judgment in the form of teasing and criticism, being in the spotlight or the center of attention, meeting people in authoritative positions, being watched while performing, speaking, or performing some other task. Developing interpersonal relationships with friends and significant others. Any social encounters. This is not an exhaustive exhaustive list and people with social anxiety may experience severe feelings of anxiousness and fear in other social situations as well. Substance abuse addiction and social anxiety. About a third of people with social anxiety disorder also have a substance use disorder. This often stems from the inability to cope with the anxiety that comes with social situations. Whether a person lacks coping skills or has simply reached their personal limit, he or she may deal with the psychological stress by abusing drugs or alcohol. As a person continues to self-medicate with alcohol and drugs, they not only increase their risk for addiction and dependence, but they are also more likely to experience other difficulties in life, such as legal issues, employment problems, and relational difficulties. All of these circumstances compile and contribute to one another, worsening the person's anxiety problems and further exasperating the substance abuse and addictive behaviors. While certain substances like alcohol, alcohol, of benzodiazepines may seem to help reduce anxiety in reality they can actually make it worse alcohol xanax may appear to relieve feelings of anxiousness but when they are abused they can cause other problems that become additional sources of psychological stress alcohol in particular is one substance that many people with social anxiety rely on to cope Frequently coined as liquid courage, the effects of alcohol often give people the confidence and courage to face social situations that they otherwise would feel unable to confront. Unfortunately, instead of developing healthy ways of coping, abusing alcohol regularly in social situations can quickly lead to dependence and addictions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast. Now, the first thing I want to say is... When they talk about social anxiety and people relying on alcohol for liquid courage, let's try the whole world. Let's try everyone in the United States, for God's sake. Let's try the social norm. Let's talk about the social norm of using alcohol to cope. So we can't just blame it on the alcoholic. And we can't point fingers at a person that's naturally socially anxious. I think every human being has some degree of social anxiety, but we create this normal acceptance that we could use alcohol as the crutch. And I think this is what may be one of the primary reasons people develop an alcohol use disorder so early in life, because instead of someone, you know, dealing with their anxiety in a different way or a more or appropriate way, society tells them, oh, drink, drink, just have a drink, just have a drink, right? And there's other ways of coping with anxiety, but that's not written, that's not written you know, down in some manual, you're not giving that at 18 when you go out for your 18th birthday, what people tend to do is just, you know, barrage you with drinks and reward you for getting drunk, and it's not fair, um, and this is what may be one of the leading causes of underage drinking and drug use for adolescents, um, Because I remember I was naturally, I wasn't a shy kid. I wasn't, I was not, I was naturally an extrovert. I was very outgoing. So I didn't even need alcohol. You know what I'm saying? I think I was introduced by alcohol by accident, just being at a family party and drinking by accident, like being curious. And being an alcoholic, it started to plague me from a really early stage because I should have never took that drink. And that had nothing to do with um, peer pressure or it was just me being in the wrong place at the wrong time and, you know, just having access to it innocently. My family had no idea um, that I was going to drink a beer. An adult put a beer down. I remember exactly when this day happened. An adult put a bear down, and I was curious. I think I was about 13 or 14, and I remember picking the bear up and just saying, you know what? I see everybody always drinking this. Let me try this. And I drank it, and I literally lost my damn mind. I was running around doing splits, jumping jacks, flipping, back flipping. I embarrassed uh, some of the male adults, from, from my, some of my brother friends, you um, You know, I just was like totally out of character and everyone was saying, what's wrong with Poppy? And it was like, we think he drank a beer. And my thing was, it's too easy for kids to get exposed to um, alcohol. It's too easy. I remember, you know, growing up, as soon as I turned, you know, 21, it was like, you go to the store and it'd be kids like, hey, excuse me, could you buy a beer or something? I used to be like, yo, guys, come on, man, y'all too young, just chill, y'all don't need to drink and all that. I would never really condone buying a beer unless they looked like they was like 20 and about to be 21 or, you know... I say all of this to say that it's not fair. Um, just for to sometimes as an as an alcoholic, I have to defend my people. I have to defend you guys, um, even people who are more really drug dependent. I have to defend you because have to defend us because we get a bad rap sometimes. And I think this is the subject that we have to explore more with our kids with the next generation, and we have to have really transparent conversations with them about social anxiety, being scared, peer pressure, and feeling like they have to fit in, and not looking to alcohol as a crutch, as a social crutch and liquid courage, okay? But today, we're just going to talk about social anxiety, because I'll tell you this much. I had more social anxiety in my recovery than I had prior to drinking. Like I said, when I was naturally not a shy person, I was naturally just getting people's faces. But part of my recovery now, and I wouldn't necessarily call it social anxiety. I'm just very detached from the need to be in social situations all the time. I have a certain level of what we call burnout from my addiction. I mean, I partied a lot. Um, Being a music guy, I had my share of the clubs, parties, and venues. And now I can handle social situations, but I'm not necessarily, um, I'm not going to go out my way to be in a social situation. So I think I have maybe a combination of social um, anxiety, slight social anxiety, maybe with a little bit of social shyness, just because I'm just different. When I found my recovery, I changed. And I think one of the things God changed in me was my need to be out in the front, My need to be in part of the party, my need to be the center of the party, my need to feel like I had to uh, make sure everyone was happy and comfortable and just always being out there. I change and I'm still exploring the new me because that's very exciting. And now I have more time to focus on myself and develop these skills. But I have to admit that I have to develop coping mechanisms to where there's no real social anxiety because my dreams is to eventually speak publicly and get into venue, you know, and as an artist I have to get on stage and stuff like that. And there's a certain level of performance anxiety, and it's a human thing. And so this is this is what I want to do ladies and gentlemen. We're going to pass this whole subject over to our friend, Dr. Tracy Marks, and she's gonna talk about social anxiety and social shyness, and she's gonna give us All the details we need to combat this subject and we're going to do a small deep dive. It's a short listen. You're going to learn a lot. It's only eight minutes. I promise we're going to be in and out. I'm going to shut up now and I'm just going to leave it here. If you are suffering with social anxiety and you can identify with this, um, try to really figure out other coping mechanisms besides alcohol and drugs, all right? The liquid coverage thing is a little played out, and I think it hurts us in the long run. It hurt me in the long run, and I didn't even need to drink. I discovered alcohol by totally by accident, but i was immediately addicted and it was very sad and unfortunate so in your case if you could if you're hearing this if you're a teenager and you're in school and there's a lot of people maybe teasing you bothering you being judgmental and you feel like you are you have social anxiety and you're shy and you're very afraid and have extreme panic and fear you're not alone I would say talk to a therapist, a counselor, and and try to discuss ways in which you could cope and develop um, techniques to combat this, but you're not alone. I love you all. Enjoy.
1: Are you socially anxious? What's the difference between social anxiety and being shy? That's what I'm talking about today, and I'm also going to discuss how we treat social anxiety disorder. I'm Dr. Tracy Marks, a psychiatrist, and every Wednesday I publish videos on mental health education and self-improvement. Social anxiety disorder causes a lot of shame for people and it can really get in the way of your ordinary functioning. In 1980 with the DSM-3, it was called social phobia and it continued to be called this until the DSM-5 when the name changed to social anxiety disorder. This name takes into account the deeper fears that people have that go beyond just fearing social situations. And here's the official criteria. You fear social situations because you believe you may be judged, embarrassed, or humiliated. You avoid social situations that you know will make you anxious or painfully endure them with a lot of anxiety. You have excessive anxiety that's out of proportion to the situation. This is important because there are some situations where you're going to have anxiety, like taking a test or giving a speech. Even experienced speakers can still feel anxious when giving a speech. But are you hyperventilating, passing out, or vomiting before the event? This would be reactions that are over and above the usual heart racing or sweaty palms that you can get from a normal level of anxiety. Your anxiety or distress interferes with your daily living. Your fear of anxiety is not better explained by a medical condition, medication, or substance abuse. So what this looks like is a person who's extremely fearful of being humiliated, embarrassed, and rejected by others. And you can be super preoccupied with offending or boring people. And this is different from being shy. Shyness is feeling anxious or reserved around people. Shy people usually aren't debilitated by their discomfort around others. Just to give you an idea of how granular this can look, here are some of the ways people with social anxiety can adjust their life. You can change the way you walk while people are looking, and this can get so bad that you feel immobilized in public because your legs start feeling like jelly and you think you can't use them. If forced to go to a social situation, you ask a lot of questions to avoid needing to talk about yourself, or you have a list of talking points ready to ask, um, even if they're not questions that fit well with that particular situation. With social anxiety, starting and maintaining conversation is extremely stressful, and this is how you can appear socially awkward. That awkwardness just reinforces your fear of having to interact with people. School can just be atrocious because you can't escape. You're surrounded by critics who have no reason to hold back their judgments. They just let it rip. This is very different from the shy person who's uncomfortable around people, but With the shy person, they can usually overcome any resistances without as much pain as the person with social anxiety. How do we treat social anxiety? The standard treatments are medication and or cognitive behavior therapy. The medications approved by the Food and Drug Administration for Social Anxiety are paroxetine, sertraline, fluvoxetine controlled release version, and venlafaxine. And these aren't the only medications we use though. There are other medications that have been shown to be helpful in research studies. And these would be escitalopram, valazodone, gabapentin, and pregabalin. A specific type of social anxiety is performance anxiety. And this isn't just nervousness before a piano concert. This can affect your ability to speak in front of a group of people. And the trouble goes beyond, you know, worry that you're gonna forget some of your talking points. This is a deeper level of fear and embarrassment or or fear of being humiliated for just no real apparent reason. For performance anxiety, we will use a medication like propranolol. And this is called a beta blocker because it blocks the beta adrenergic receptors in the heart, lungs, and blood vessels. Adrenergic is the same as adrenaline or epinephrine. When you block this response, you get a slower heart rate and an overall calming effect. So if you're someone who goes into a panic or starts stammering or flushing every time you need to speak in front of people, this is a medication that you can take prior to giving your talk to block that physical reaction. Aside from medication, there's cognitive restructuring and exposure therapy. Cognitive restructuring addresses and challenges your distorted thoughts about your fears. With the exposure therapy, you're desensitizing yourself to the fearful situation by gradually exposing yourself to these situations in a way that they become less fearful for you. The more you avoid a situation, the more the fear just gets baked in. One way to do this is to build a fear ladder. First, you take an inventory of your fearful situations and you may have several, but for each situation, you break down the situation into steps that go from somewhat scary to very scary. Here's an example. Let's say you fear going to small social gatherings where people do a lot of small talk, but it's something that you have to do for your job, so you can't avoid it. Here's how you can break this up and rank your fears from low to high. First, you set a reasonable goal to reach once you make it all the way up the ladder. In this case, it's to attend a meet and greet where you don't know anyone and you have to have conversation with at least three people. Here's how that ladder might look for you. Step one would be to look at a picture of people chatting at a party. Step two, say hello to the cashier at the store. Then say hello to a stranger at the grocery store. This is a little different from saying hello to the cashier because if it's a store where you frequent, the cashier may be someone who's somewhat familiar to you. So that, in theory, would be a little less anxiety-provoking than saying hello to a stranger at that same store or a different store. The next step would be to ask a stranger cashier something about themselves. So now you're getting more personal and it's the start of the small talk. Give a stranger a compliment while looking them in the eye ask a coworker or classmate about their weekend. With this, can you see how the stakes are getting a little bit higher, why this might cause you more anxiety? Because now you're talking to someone that you're gonna see again. So there's more risk of you embarrassing yourself or this whole situation humiliating you. The next step on the ladder would be to let yourself be in a group of people talking and then make eye contact with each person while they are talking. Next, join a conversation of people and then have something to say. And the last step would be to ask a stranger for their observations. Are you enjoying the hot weather we're having? You want to practice each step until you become comfortable with each one. You will feel anxious while you're doing this, but if you keep at it, the anxiety will level off, then you move up the ladder until you get to the last step and feel less anxious. You wanna practice these steps often, but you don't wanna rush through either. Just keep doing each step until you feel more comfortable moving on to the next one. The number of steps that you have will vary depending on what it is you're trying to accomplish. Now you can do this on your own, but you may need help from a therapist to develop the steps of your ladder. A therapist trained in cognitive behavior therapy can also help combine the cognitive restructuring part with this. A typical course of CBT would be around 16 sessions. There are other methods that people will use like emotional freedom technique or tapping and also um, neuro linguistics programming or NLP.
0: Thank you for spending time with us, ladies and gentlemen. Check out our next episode. We're going to elaborate off of this episode and we're going to talk about CBT and cognitive behavioral therapy as a technique and coping mechanism for social anxiety and other mental health disorders. I'll catch you guys on the other side. Thank you and God bless.